Hi there, I'm Courtney Brandt, and you're listening to CSR of One from Amaya Media. I want to personally welcome both our listeners who have supported us over the first two seasons and newcomers to a memorable season ahead. We began recording this season in the weeks leading up to the global pandemic, and our ask was the same as previous seasons. What can we do with our personal platforms to make a difference? And what are we using social media for outside of liking photos? And we found ourselves emerging from the pandemic with some true heroes. This year, perhaps, our relationship with social media is more complicated than ever. As with previous seasons, there are voices and groups who need our help. So our quest continues to find individuals who felt that call to try and do something different, to work towards something bigger than themselves. We hope you will get to know charitable initiatives that might resonate with you, and that you'll consider getting involved with one of these fantastic organizations or any of the groups we've spoken about previously. You can contribute in your own way, your time, your platform, your place in social media, one post a month for someone else. Each of you, yes, you listening to this right now, can make a difference. I've known about Gulf for Good for a number of years as an organization that has been behind a number of charitable projects across the UAE. And our guest today originally started her work with Gulf for Good as an operations manager before recently launching her own initiative, Thrift for Good. Essentially, Thrift for Good is a social enterprise born from the vision of a world with zero waste where everyone has what they need to thrive. It exists to fuel meaningful projects by reselling donated items. The group is committed to zero waste by rehoming everything, including repairing and recycling items, offsetting carbon emissions through Tree Nation, and using sustainable packaging. So I sat down with Jennifer Salt and we discussed a number of things, including what it takes to launch something from scratch and how Thrift for Good combats fast fashion. Now I just want to paint a quick picture here because Jennifer arrived in a white minivan that she drives around the city carrying the UAE's pre-loved items. And that includes everything except furniture and appliances. I love my big van. I am the only person with blonde hair and blue eyes dry, I betcha. You. Going around the security gates like, hi. Hi. I think I'm smile on wheels. Do you know how many bus drivers see me and just break out into laughter? It's fun. I'm having fun. Okay, good, good. All right, so you have so, your van, you show up on a Sunday. Yeah, and uh, so you can leave your donations outside your door, mark it with a G so I don't take away stuff that should not be taken away. Uh, load up the van. It goes to the box. is very kindly donating store, storage space for us in DIP. Uh, so we load it up there. We bring it there. The next step is we have volunteering sorting days every couple of weeks, depending on how much stuff is there. And the volunteers will go through and decide essentially what's going to happen with the products. So uh, we've got all sorts of different levels. I mean, we accept everything from dirty underwear to Gucci, and we've sold it all. So (laughs) bring it on, people. tagline on the social media, um, pants to Gucci or something like that. No, I I appreciate um, that, you know, formerly loved goods could encompass just about anything. Everything. You know, it's all material at the end of the day that, doesn't need to be thrown. It really doesn't need to be thrown. I prefer if you kindly wash your underwear before giving it to us. That makes life easier. Uh, Makes the volunteering activities more fun, but really we'll take anything, anything, anything. And um, so we have the different levels. Luxury, we're partnered with the luxury closet. Fantastic. Garderobe, shop retold, those kind of people who do it for us. 
We've just opened our web shop, which is thriftforgood.org, F-O-R. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find some items there as well that are authenticated and Okay, and like so that. in that case, mm. you would be, it's a fundraiser to then donate that money. So if I have something that is a quality item, I'll know that whether I could sell it or not, if it goes to you, that money then is going to be it's going to forward on to somebody who does need the, the money. Yeah. Absolutely. So we donate the profits to Golf for Good. Mm-hmm. We also have two side projects that are also under Golf for Good's umbrella, which is Larchfield Kids, an orphanage in Tanzania. They're wonderful. They currently have 30 kids, space for 60, and their vision is to grow to a place for 300 kids. Um, right now it's a community um, mkaranga that's highly affected by HIV AIDS. A lot of kids don't have parents. So it's very beautiful. It's very beautiful. It's a community that we can all feel good that, you know, that money's it's going to have an impact on a, on a much larger community. Absolutely, yeah. And another of the projects is called, uh, it's in the Philippines, a sponsorship program for kids. And it's just beautiful, beautiful. You know, these kids come in, they're told they've got these scholarships. They literally, their families come from shacks and they just, they have so much pride and so much power and they reinvest in their their families, their communities. I'm sponsoring a girl there for the last 15 years mm-hmm. and she's completely changed her family's life. She has seven brothers and sisters and this small sponsorship amount, she's taking care of the entire family. And that just yeah. education is so key to, Absolutely. to everything. And, and of course, the main thing is Golf for Good, which does projects like this, four or five projects every single year. And they raise the bulk of their funding through adventure challenges like climbing Kilimanjaro or Machu Picchu and just really fun things as well, empowering the people that do that. So yeah, the the whole purpose of this is for the funds to do good. Okay, so if if um, one piece is um, selling on the goods that are that are good to sell, and um, what about the goods that maybe might not make it onto the website or might not be available for sale? So we do believe everything can be rehomed. So the next tier down from that is probably flea market. So that's where the underwear comes into play. <laughs> you won't find underwear on our website. I'm not that desperate yet. <laughs> but, um, or we do bulk buying as well. So if somebody wanted to, like people at the flea market wanted to buy 100 shirts to sell at the flea market, we'll give them a good price for them to do that. Um, and then we've got a friend is starting an initiative under Thrift for Good called Patched. And essentially, if something is heavily stained or ripped or um, she sews those items and then we sell it at whatever level it should be sold, sure. or she's going to make crafts out of it or, or different things that can help. Or uh, And the last level is things that are not ripped or stained, but are kind of, you know how clothing can get like worn looking and it's still perfectly usable, especially for people who don't have clothes. Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff we donate on to to uh, to people who could use it. Um, I think what you mentioned that I'd kind of like to loop back to is that Traditional CSR can look like a few different ways. And you've mentioned the box, you've mentioned retold and luxury closet, and maybe speak to those partnerships a little bit more, how you approached them. Because I think companies here, especially I love any locally developed company, you know, companies that are from Dubai, that came up from Dubai, that are, you know, specific to the city. Um, how did you kind of approach those partnerships and say, hey, I'm doing this and mm. we need your help? Or did they come to you? How did that work? Yeah, well, we're still pretty new. People don't know about us yet, but our doors are open if anyone wants to come to us, definitely. Um, a lot of those partnerships uh, were born out of people looking for a way to do CSR. 
looking for an opportunity that kind of linked hand in hand their in-kind offering Mm -hmm. with what we need. Um, So I'll start probably the first company to join and make this possible is Emirates MBD. Mm -hmm. They have a great volunteering initiative called the Exchangers. And through Golf for Good, they send volunteers to every single Golf for Good event. And they were the ones that really started this initiative. They would send us groups of 20 people to do the sorting, do this before it was ever a thing. Um, and that's for the last few years they've been helping us. This is what I love awesome. about my own podcast is that I learned something that makes me really proud about my community that I had no idea. So thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, you can go two different ways about this and you could promote everyone and say, look what I'm doing. It's so great. Or you can just be completely under the radar and just do the right thing and then have somebody like you come along and tell me about it. <laughs> well, anytime. <laughs> Okay, so, I'm learning too. <laughs> um, of course, you would need a banking partner. And, and and that's not only to provide volunteers, but then also kind of not the legal, but the business function of it. Yeah, well. they definitely help Golf for Good in that extent. Uh, Thrift for Good, let's see what happens in the future. Always welcome. Um, and other partners. So the box, we obviously could not do anything that we do without storage space for it. And they are just, they are champions of CSR. I recommend you check them out because they donate uh, Tree Nation. They plant trees for every box. They have great staff events. They Their list of CSR is as long as my arm. Um, and one of the many things that they do is give us that space. And that, I'm not going to lie, was a panic call <laughs> when, uh, when the last storage facility we were in said, oh, we can't do this anymore so yeah and they were the ones everything everything in a panic and they were the ones that said yes of the many people we called so thank you Mm -hmm. the box yes um and we've also got partners so shop retold uh garderobe la suite all of these fantastic resellers that are here that we're in partnership with to grow sustainable fashion Mm -hmm. um we've been reaching out to them so far because you know people don't know about us yet Mm -hmm. yeah and um and they're super happy to partner uh, they don't look at us as competition because we do very different things. We take everything in bulk and they're really focused. And so a lot of it is... Yeah, I think yeah. there's a place in the market for all those. I've been shopping at Retold or Shop Retold since day one. I don't ever... Almost when I think to myself, like, I'm going to go to the mall and get something new. I think, why would you do that? There's so many... There's a lot of amazing clothes that are 100% ready to wear. They do such a good job there that instead of contributing to this fast fashion... I can go and I'll always come out with something and it's always in fantastic shape and that you get to be kind of like a small part of that. For a fraction of the price and it's feel-good fashion. I mean, I don't think I'll ever shop from a store again when all of this product needs a home. So um, and thinking of all the different volunteering opportunities you've had in the past couple of years, do you have a favorite memory so far? I definitely do. So Golf for Good organizes these adventure challenges. And when you go, you raise funds for a children's charity in the location of where you go. So last year I did Kilimanjaro with 50 people. It was it was insane. It was you wonderful. Summited? Or summited, amazing. yes. Woo. Wow, that's a huge accomplishment. It was. Yeah. And Golf for Good has definitely changed my life. Okay. Um, my favorite memory from that challenge was visiting the charity organization at the end. It's called uh, Foundation for African Empowerment. Mm-hmm. In Joro Primary School, we were greeted, I kid you not, by maybe 1,000 people. That's more. quite welcome. <laughs> yeah, I think more, actually. 700 students and their families and community leaders. And this was a big event for them. You know, there was a barbecue and meal. And it was intense. We came and hundreds of people were dancing and cheering. And just it was this overwhelming feeling of 
being integrated into the community and just seeing what life was like there and just visiting the school. And uh, yeah, it's a moment I'll remember for the rest of my life. No, I think when, you know, you could climb Kilimanjaro privately, you know, like that's an opportunity. However, why not encompass, you know, a better way to do that in a way that gives back? Because in dropping into some of these communities where some of these you know, natural features are located, to me, even when, when I go on holiday, We've recently started, uh, we have nephews that we usually travel with and like one day will always be dedicated to doing something for a school in that community. So we've been to Nepal and we've been to Zanzibar and it's important, I think, kids here live a pretty good life and I think it's okay to show like, hey, this is what, this is how another kid's growing up. And you know, if you bring a football or you bring educational materials that that's going to have a really big impact because they might not have those. Um, so those have been some of my favorite memories from just even travel in general. Travel can look like a lot of different things and there's time for a beach holiday, but I think there's always time for giving back to the community. Absolutely. And it's life-changing for you as well. Definitely. In starting this, maybe, I don't know, it's a difficult question or not. What did you think was going to be the biggest challenge? What was actually the biggest challenge? <laughs> I've thrown out my business plan about three or four times already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're only like two months in. Uh-huh. Um, so the original plan was not to go public with it yet mm-hmm. and to kind of build up an open retail store um, and take in lost and found donations from hotels. I very quickly learned lost and found has to go to police. So that plan fell flat on its face. I'm learning all sorts of things on the podcast. Me me too. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. Um, So yeah, with that, I mean, it it meant going public a lot sooner than expected. Uh, With Corona, it meant going online a lot sooner than expected with these flea markets coming to an end. So it's just kind of changing gears and changing strategies responsively so far, which makes me really nervous. but it's been fantastic. Again, the support is amazing. The amount of donations coming in is wonderful. I'm still finding the proper sales channels. So if you see that storage space right now, I'd say my biggest challenge is playing Tetris mm-hmm. every single time I open up that door. Moving. Yeah. yeah. Sorting things and, and playing Tetris with it until it has a new home. And I think we have to think optimistically right now, but looking ahead, what, you know, if it's a year from now, what are kind of your successes look like? What do mm-hmm. you kind of see Maybe get that business plan back out of trash. Um, Version 20.0. What, exactly, what does the year now look like in terms of your capacity, in terms of volunteers, in terms of how much money you've raised? Yeah, yeah. what does it look like? Well, the, f- the first goal right away is going, I'm really hoping we can raise 300000 a year for Golf for Good. Mm-hmm. And that would be enough to take away their burden of you know, having to be constantly stressed about funding and focus on projects effectively and make sure that everything they want to do in a year just has that much more support. That's goal number one. Goal number two would be setting up very streamlined channels for everything that comes through the door being like, hey, let me just call my hat buyer. Let us just call our, uh, yeah, you know, so we can, we can move the stuff as quickly as it comes in. I'd say that definitely needs to happen. Um, and it's more partnerships, people coming in and, and kind of a little bit more routine schedules where people can come in. Like Mondays is the volunteer day. And yeah. An organization could say from nine to 12, we'll come in, we'll do the sorting. And maybe they do that once a month. And that's their kind of CSR, you know, initiative. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And collection boxes around and really um, a lot more initiatives for people to get involved with CSR. Um, 
Yeah, that's that's the goal for a year from now, and it should be big. It should be something that people know about. Like, okay, let's culture for good. Let's mm-hmm. and having those proper connections to not take away from anyone, but donate the right stuff where it needs to go, and you know, kind of integrate into the system fully, so nothing is wasted, nothing is thrown, and that's going to take a little bit of work. It will, but we're getting um, there. But I, I, it sounds like you're <laughs> definitely on the right. You sound very organized, which I think is probably the biggest key to all of this. And um, for those that are interested in volunteering and donating time, maybe they're part of an organization that could be a part of this what are the best channels to find you so our website thriftforgood.org or um, we have a whatsapp group Uh, we have social media so anything like that on any channel just reach out and say this is what we want to do we need your help Um, there's only one staff member for thrift for good unpaid staff member currently but that's fine Um, so we're all volunteer we're all volunteer and it's a massive initiative the amount of stuff that's coming in and to rehome it all properly we need help on every level whether it's um taking photos of product sorting uh, donation up. drives <laughs> picking up yeah if, if you know how to drive manual you're welcome to borrow my van <laughs> i'm not even kidding just yes. reach out yeah. but i think that again i always try and drill down on the fact that what we think traditional volunteering look, looks like and what it can actually do so again with canine I tell people, if you can give one day a month, but you could do a vet run, you've impacted the organization. Just like for you, if you could do one drive, it's one thing you don't have to do. And it may be those four hours or three hours or whatever it is that exponentially helps the organization. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Three hours behind a computer instead of driving to Sharjah. That's massive. Yeah. That's a massive difference. I love Jennifer's approach to blending traditional CSR through partnerships with larger multinational and local companies, and on a personal level, through the incomparable work of volunteers. If you'd like to learn more about Thrift for Good, you can check out their website, thriftforgood.org, and we'll also have links in our show notes. You're welcome to not only contribute your used items, but also to shop their sustainable fashion and volunteer to help to make things happen for the Thrift for Good team. And you should absolutely wave and say hi if you see Jennifer darting along Sheikh Zayed Road in the Thrift for Good minivan. Thanks for tuning in to the first episode of our third season, which was hosted by me, Courtney Brandt, and produced by Chirag Desai, with support from Abhishek Venkat. If you like what you've heard, please spread the word and subscribe in your favorite podcast player, and in streaming apps like Spotify, Deezer, and Ngami. We'll be back next week with a brand new guest and another inspiring story. Until then, remember to be nice out there on social media. Think about sharing something for someone else. Goodbye and have a great week.